think we are uh, underway here on the morning show. Hour number three on a Wednesday, the 10th of January, as he does every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Neil Atkins joins us. Good morning, Neil. Just for you, Dave, and our hundreds of thousands of listeners. Yeah, here. yeah, well, that's we good. Are, we are on the board. Good morning. And we also everybody. have a special guest in the studio. We do. We have a from the Duluth, Duluth City Council. City Councilor at mm-hmm. large, reelected. Yep. Eric Forsman, holy smokes. Yeah, here we are. And appointed as the pro tem mayor, I guess, any time that the mayor is gone. Later today. The Uh acting acting mayor. That's correct. Yeah, Uh so that'll be later today. And I even walked in here and didn't spill my coffee all over your desk. Well, that's good. (laughs) We're off to a better start than a couple months ago. Well, yeah, when when he was, you know, he was all nervous when he was running for (laughs) re-election. I wasn't that nervous. My hand was shaking and his coffee was spilling all over the place here. It's more that I just talk with my hands and sometimes I forget. Get what's in my way. Uh, but. Well, here I, I will give you some advice on uh, being the acting mayor, okay? Oh, that. really? Have or, you done that in the past? I Neil? was. Uh, right. When John Fido was the mayor, he appointed me that. Oh. Well, all of a sudden the rumors came that I might run against him. Oh. <laughs> and all of a sudden I was booted as the acting mayor. Out. You're and, out. And. Uh, Mark Steen was the uh, on the city council at large at the time, and he was appointed. And Mark had not. And so anyway, Fido is agitated because he was thinking I might <laughs> run. And then the people in the press had come up to me and said, "Well, you're going to run? I, I'm not sure." And you know, you kind of oh, you fed the fire. I fed the fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, then all of a sudden I came down to the the and I said, "Oh no, I'm not going to run." And then all of a sudden mm. I was Fido's best buddy again. There you go. So yeah, so. Yeah. Well, my former boss, Lou Lotto, was acting mayor when oh, okay. uh, Ben Boo was mayor. I was he? No kidding. For and a while, yeah. They don't I put remember. the acting mayor pictures up on the wall. No, they hall, don't get so. it. You, <laughs> you, you, you don't get that. a bump in salary either, apparently. <laughs> you certainly don't. No. Nothing extra. <laughs> if the mayor is out of town or incapacitated, mm. you get to sign a document or two. Or, That's or, about it. Or um, go and welcome a... Uh, uh, salty when they first come in. Hey, I wouldn't mind doing that either. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the unique part here is obviously Mayor Reinert is also um, on certain weekends Commander Reinert. Oh, in the that's Navy. right. Yeah, in the reserve. So he has his first military obligation coming up here in a few weeks, which is why he wanted to do the appointment right away. Sure. Um, so that folks yep. knew that. But, yeah, you, you just hit the nail on the head. It's not a huge change uh, in the day-to-day, but... It is certainly an honor and a privilege. Well, yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm glad he. I'm glad he did that. And you want somebody that uh, you know you get along with, being that you wouldn't have your. Right now, I don't think there's anybody at this stage, this early stage, that's on the enemy list of the mayor on the city council. No, week two. We we've week had two. a we've, we've had a pretty team. Pretty well, good. We did have a couple of. Um, City appointments to staff on our agenda on Monday night, but those were not controversial. So, yeah, it's early in the game, as yeah. they say, and uh, we're all in the the honeymoon phase, getting to know each oh, other. Oh, that's good. That's good. Very you've good. got you've got a couple of new counselors uh, joining up. Uh, how are they coming? You've got the first district; uh, she's uh, uh, on board, and you've got Tara in yep. the fourth district. Yeah. The when- di- the districts changed a little bit. I heard I was unaware of this. Uh, in fact, Janet Kennedy. I saw some of her lawn signs uh, east of 40th Avenue West, and uh, and it doesn't matter where you put your lawn signs, but apparently her district changed, so it actually went, uh, the 4th District and the 5th District changed a little bit. I, mm-hmm. co- there were some slight changes when the census was done, and they did redistricting mm-hmm. in 2022. 
um, just based on where population growth, because the yep. total population didn't go up that much, but where the population sits shifted a little bit. So mm-hmm. it went a little bit further east and, and up. Yeah, I think hers went to where the old uh, uh, bowling alley is, right by the right. Wheeler Wade, Field there. Yep. Wade, Wade Stadium, Stadium there. Yep. So actually, if I was still living in Duluth mm-hmm. on 38th Avenue West, I would be in Janet's district. Fifth district. Fifth district. And the last time I was on the council, that was the fourth district. Mm -hmm. And I was the fourth district counselor for a term. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Tara Swenson now. She's brand new. And Lynn Nephew is our new at-large counselor. And Wendy Durwachter is the first district counselor. And Mm -hmm. I showed each of the three of them how to hit their buttons. Uh, in the last couple of days, so not, I didn't literally show them where the bathroom is, but that's that's the stage you're at when you're a new counselor. Well, you're just taking good. it in and yeah. getting used to it and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how you are, are able to use your own voice as you learn the process. You made for a pretty short meeting on Monday, too. Though. 13 minutes. Yeah, yeah I told a... them don't get used to that. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose be... not a whole lot of uh, counselors adding uh, new Deals. Right, and a, so, a purposefully light right. agenda from okay. uh, the city administration. Yeah, there's no no burning no burning a personal agenda at this point. Mm. From at this point, at that's this right. Point. Yeah, you're always you're always in the feeling out phase uh, here to see uh, uh, who's gonna put some resolutions forward and um, what's their individual style, and also the dynamic shift then with the existing counselors mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. as you add new people that are either aligned or not aligned with them. So it's always an interesting reset when you get to the, the January meeting. But Do we have new officers here. yet for the year, or is that yet to come? Yeah, we elected okay. uh, Councillor Roz Randorf as our new council president okay. for the year, and she represents the, the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. So she's got the 3rd District, which is the Central Hillside, part of Chester and the East Hillside, Park Point, and then um, a little bit into the Observation Hill area. And then uh, we've got Councilor Therese Tomanek, who is the Council Vice President. Oh, right. she's the VP. Okay. Yeah. So how do you feel being, uh, let's see, there's uh, the vast majority of counselors are women? Seven out of nine. Seven out of nine. Two guys. You and? Uh, Mike Mayo. Mike Mayo. That's the first. That's the first. That's yeah. It I was going to ask you actually if that's the highest that we've had. It seems it is. like it is. Yeah, I uh, noticed in St. Paul. By the way, it's all women. All counselors. women. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah I saw that. I, well, we have seven right. uh, female counselors too, and so hopefully they don't want to get rid of me and Mike. <laughs> but that would that would balance it out. Uh, uh, you yeah. got to keep a couple of guys. Yes, just uh, <laughs> got to have uh, your token males uh, in there, as they yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. But I've I've always worked in professions. So I started my career in human resources, which is a female dominated mm-hmm. profession. So I. Uh, I have found myself in circumstances <laughs> where I'm the only guy in the room more than once in my working career and very comfortable with that. All right, we got sports coming up. We've got to take a break first and be right back. More of the morning show here on KDAL as we approach 820. It is 821 time for sports. Tom Robick doing the sports today. Bruce Siski is off. Good morning, Tom. Bruce is always off. Seems like I'm in here all the time. <laughs> well, that's all right. Glad to have we, we have a, a competent sports person even when Bruce is gone. Yeah. You know, the Minnesota Timberwolves who went on that uh, sixteen-game crazy schedule, where yeah. every team they played was over five hundred, and eleven of those games are on the road. And so far, they're doing all they've right. They've gone uh, nine and six, I think. Wow! Because uh, they they just crushed the Orlando Magic last night, one thirteen ninety two, and that was uh, one of those games on the road in Orlando at the Kia Center. Uh, and then they finish off that brutal schedule tonight uh, against the best team in the NBA, Boston, at the Garden in Boston. And they are going to be um, with uh, all their players. So we'll see. You know, 
Timberwolves at Boston. Mm. Who knew that the Wolves would be oh, the yeah. team that we're latching on to? Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks hit the hardwood again tomorrow night. Team tips off against the Celtics. Now, now, what's this? It says that they play the Celtics tonight. That's not correct because the Timberwolves oh. do. So I don't know who wrote this. Uh, <laughs> All right. This particular well, that makes story. sense. Is that last year's or? Uh, yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. That's, I'm just coming across it now. I'm, just, I'm so embarrassed. Last year. But whoever wrote this story should be more embarrassed. A college basketball returns tonight. Number 15, Wisconsin, 11-3. and They're visiting Ohio State. Minnesota Wild will try to avoid a home-and-home sweep when they take on the Dallas Stars at American Airlines Center tonight. Wild. Just blanked by the Stars 4 to nothing on Monday. It's possible that the Wild will have a rookie goalie in net. Mm. Uh, Jasper Wallstedt uh, is potentially going to be the starter. It could be Marc-Andre Fleury. We'll have to wait and see if maybe a game-time decision by Coach John Hines. Mm. But he said that uh, Wallstedt is a consideration for sure. Uh, this weekend, of course, uh, Bruce Siski will have college hockey uh, in Duluth, Colorado College will be their opponent Friday and Saturday. The women Bemidji State will be uh, also in Duluth. Bruce will have those games as well. So we've got four games wow. on the schedule this weekend here on KDAL. Uh, puck drops uh, at 3 o'clock for the women, both Friday and Saturday. 7 o'clock for the men on both Friday and Saturday. Yesterday, high school boys hockey, Denfeld over Cambridge Isani. It was Grand Rapids defeating Superior, North Shore over Greenway, Moose Lake area over Ashland, and high school girls hockey, Superior defeated Cloquet Esco Carlton for nothing, Holy Family over Proctor Hermantown. That went three, uh, I almost said three overtimes. It actually just went over one mm-hmm. overtime. Uh, Rock Ridge over Hibbing Chisholm uh, in high school hockey yesterday. I don't know if you saw that D- Duluth's new professional football team looking for players. So. They're going to have a tryout in Proctor February 2nd. Hmm. This is your opportunity, Dave. Yeah, right. The Duluth Harbor Monsters. What's mm. so funny about that? He's a, he's a good player. Uh-huh, sure. Ever? Were yeah. you ever? I have never, ever played football. <laughs> flag football? Maybe no, a little this flag is tackle. football. This but, is, uh, this yeah. is uh, arena mm-hmm. hardcore tackle football. No, where, where are they going to try out? On the Proctor gridiron? On the uh, snowbank or what? That's a great question. It'll be in the uh, the Rails Indoor Sports Complex. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Harbor Monsters kick off their season in Kansas City June 1st. And a Northland basketball player nominated to be uh, playing in one of the biggest basketball games in the country. Jordan Zubich from Mountain Iron Buell, who's one heck of a player. She's already committed to playing at North Carolina. That's how good she is. Mm-hmm. She's nominated to play in the, the premier basketball High school basketball game, the All-American McDonald's All-American basketball games in wow. Houston, Texas. They only send 24 kids there, mm-hmm. so uh, they have to. The selection committee will will uh, choose the final 24 boys, 24 girls, uh, and the two teams will be announced on the Today Show. Wow, pretty exclusive company there, eh? Uh, so, All yeah, right. good. So we hope that uh, she makes it. She's the only Northland player that is nominated. So, right. luck good. to Jordan. Tom, That's your sports. Thank you, sir. Uh, 826 now at KDAL. We'll be back more of the morning show on the way. This is the KDAL Morning Show with Dave Strandberg and Neil Atkins.
And we are back at 829, the morning show here on KDAL with Neil Atkins and Eric Forsman, our special Yes, sir. Counselor at large. Mm-hmm. Acting mayor. Or <laughs> is times. it is it mayor pro tem or is it acting mayor? What? In the city charter, officially, it's acting mayor. Acting, but acting mayor pro tem sounds fancier. It does. So <laughs> I, think that's, fancy, uh, fancy I think that's stuff. what we're going with today. So yeah. that was a uh, 50% increase in uh, nothing. Basically, no right. pay, no pay increase. Yeah, that's right, and uh, a, a little bit of uh, duty potentially. Yes, when Roger, if Roger ends up going on his, uh, now being in the Naval Reserve. Now I used to be in the Naval Reserve, and there was a two-week active duty deal that you had to do mm-hmm. every year. Mm. So if he does have to do that, which he probably will, so it'll be two weeks. And normally everybody tries to do it in the summer or when it, whenever it's convenient, but. The Navy or whatever reserve unit you're involved in doesn't look for your convenience. It looks for when they (laughs) need somebody to plug in. Uh, And normally what happens is, uh, in his case, or in mine, when I was was in the medical field, uh, you'd go and they'd plug in where somebody went on leave. So all of a sudden, or or at the time, I had had the choice uh, when I do my two weeks, I'd have the choice of what service in the medical area that I would be in. And so mm. I'd, I could choose. I did, uh, actually, the last time I was uh, doing this, this is, way, this is when I was uh, actually going to UMD, they, instead of uh, plopping me in the summer, they deployed me in the, uh, right in the middle of the quarter. Of the, oh, that's convenient. Uh, two weeks. Yeah. Two yeah. weeks out of school. So that was lovely. Mm. But uh, I was able, I brought a couple books with me and all that jazz. And I was, <laughs> there was no exam. So I was able to get through it and got good grades anyway. But I worked in. I uh, requested to work in physical therapy, which, uh, which was interesting. Something that mm-hmm. I, I, had worked in orthopedics in the past, and so it was kind of interesting. So anyway, Roger will have his chance to go two weeks, and you'll have two weeks of stardom there. That's right. Yep. <laughs> I uh, that'll be my moment to shine. Luckily, uh, his role within the Navy is in communications, so he has to still be accessible for a variety of reasons. There so you it's go. Not, uh-huh. not like I won't have a chance to uh, communicate <laughs> and collaborate with Mayor Reinhardt and certainly not going rogue or anything like there that. There you go. All of a sudden, I'm in charge here. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> not my personality, although I've heard very interesting <laughs> stories from City Hall in uh, years past <laughs> where stuff like that did happen. But well, and, and there are people sometimes, uh, sometimes a little power goes – a lot to some people. Power says. is character revealing, right? It uh-huh. reveals uh, who you are uh, once you get a little bit of taste of it. And luckily, I think in my case, uh, not somebody who ever takes advantage of that. Yeah, you got to you got to look at the perspective where you're at, and uh, that's where I always tried to keep it. You know, I'm I'm one of a nine person team, and we're part time. You're part time. You've got a full time job and allegedly somewhere. Uh, allegedly, allegedly part time. Well, how much how much time do you now? For those of you out there listening, now Eric's in a large city councilor, and uh, you know I was that and a district councilor at, at different times. But you you got to run like the mayor, in a sense. You do. You yeah. do citywide, and you, you have to be cognizant of all the issues in all the districts because sometimes uh, whatever is going on in Lakeside may not be going on in West Duluth. That's right. And you have to, you have to be there because you're one of the votes that's going to vote on that issue in Lakeside or West Duluth or Piedmont Heights or wherever. Right. And so, how much time do you, on average, would you say, on average, 
How many hours a week would you put in? That's so hard to answer. It ebbs and flows, as you know. Depends on the issues. That's right. It depends on what's going on. It depends on the issues. I like our system because it allows for the district counselors to get super deep on those neighborhood issues and then the at-large counselors to focus a little bit more higher level on longer term. Is how I look at it. But you get pulled into all different sorts of things. And certainly when you have a district counselor who's not doing that, you end up overcompensating for that district because they're not getting the love and attention that they deserve. So luckily right now we have five district counselors who are engaged and passionate about their districts. That was not the case when I started, and I won't name names, but um, you end up being a little bit of a backup there too. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely helps zoom out a little and provide balance when you've got folks who are looking at things citywide and not just ingrained in whatever neighborhood dispute there is. But there's weeks where it's just maybe, you know, five to 10 hours. And then there's weeks where it's closer to 30 to 40 for yeah. sure. And keep in mind, you, you are you have a full-time job. Other I do. Than the council, yeah, right? I do have a full-time job, a right. very... Uh, a, a demanding full-time job in a good way, um, fulfilling, but it's right. that's part of the role, too. There's There's been a discussion that I've had with people about, should Duluth go to a full-time council? And mm. I've never been an advocate for that because right. while other cities have that model, I think it prevents then people who serve in other capacities in the community from being mm. involved because I certainly would not be someone who would have given up my career to also be a city councilor. Right. No, I, I hear you on that. For cities uh, the size of Duluth, uh, are there... I don't think they're Rochester. Rochester has closest full time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I know Minneapolis and St. Paul are full time. They are, and, and and I sometimes I think in that model you find counselors looking for work to do, and that's not necessarily a good thing mm-hmm. either. Well, I saw the Minneapolis uh, salary is one hundred six thousand dollars a year for city counselors, it is, yeah. and the mayor I believe is one hundred and forty down there. So you don't get much more as the mayor you in Minneapolis. Yeah, as a strong mayor too now. Yeah. Yeah. So. So the. Uh, and you you look at sometimes you scratch your head you look at the issues, and uh, you know whatever city it is. And now uh, here's somebody in the Twin Cities there full time, and you look at the turmoil that gets created, right? And you're you're wondering, you know, where's everybody coming from? And then they run for re-election. Now they've got something really to lose, because generally I would suspect that probably most of the people on the Minneapolis City Council have never made six-figure income before. Yeah, you're not just running for a public service seat. It becomes your full-time job, yeah. too. So, But big issues coming up uh, on the agenda. The I, I saw during uh, just towards the end of the races there, the EPA kind of threw a hot plate in the midst of everything, talking about the infrastructure of the water system. With right, the, right. And I assume the mayor and his staff are going to, you guys are going to end up having to deal with that. Have you heard anything? uh, uh, What's going on there? Not beyond what you've seen in the news, but, you know, one of the jarring statistics that I saw during our budget presentation this year where all the departments come in and they give an update on where things are at. We had a presentation on our capital budget, which is all of the investments we're going to make in our facilities and equipment. And would you take a guess at what percent of our facilities are beyond their useful life right now, Neil? Oh, I bet you uh, more than 50%. 93%. So we have 7% of our facilities that are still within their quote-unquote useful life. Mm -hmm. So if you look at our water infrastructure and then uh, also zoom out to all of the other buildings and um, 
assets that we have in the city. We got a lot of work to do Uh-oh. on getting that number to a reasonable level, where you're not just dealing with the risk yeah. of catastrophic failure of roof, you know, damage sure. and. Um, the library is a good example of that, where one small problem that then adds to ten small problems adds to, uh, at some point, a catastrophic issue that you have to look at a replacement for. But certainly can't do all that at once. Obviously, you can't. So and, uh, you got to prioritize. I suppose worst first. Prioritize and grow revenue. So the the thing I'm focused on the most this year is probably the grow revenue side, and that comes through economic development. And I would say. Very encouraged early on by the mood for investment in Duluth with Mm -hmm. the changeover in leadership. And I think you're going to see some exciting news. And there's projects out there that people are familiar with. The First Street Project for Housing is out in the news, and that's public now. Um, The Lester Park golf course driving range um, area where we're looking at housing. Central on top of the hill. Mm -hmm. The Lot D Project over by Pier B. I think Many of those, if not all of those, could move forward, and that would be something to see. Um, so that is what I'm helping position right now is to see new development. We've got to take another break. We're at 8.38 now at KDAL, the morning show on this 10th of January. KDAL610.com. And we are back more of the morning show here on KDAL 841 with some Doobie Brothers in the background. Doobie Doobie. Heading down the highway, don't you? Well, rocking you always down the highway. Got the, the Doobie day. Brothers, but not smoking a doobie here. <laughs> no. No way. Well, it is legal now. Apparently. It is legal. Minnesota. Not, don't yeah. smoke it in city parks, though. Better not. You can't smoke <laughs> cigarettes there either, can you? That's right. Yeah. So now Eric Forsman we have here mm-hmm. on board. The... Um, Alcohol and Beverage Board, are they going to oversee weed? No. What's mm. going to happen? Anything? The state, the state licenses so, that. So there won't be any, um, all the, di- <coughs> excuse me, when the dispensaries happen, that'll be all state licensing. There will be some licensing at the local level, um, but most of that is going to roll up to the state, actually, based okay. on the state legislation that was passed last year. So they took it out of our hands, for better or worse, on a lot of, especially if you're going to be manufacturing and growing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be all through the state. Boy, I'll tell you, it's, what's interesting about this whole this whole deal is how quickly they passed it and how unprepared they were to implement it. And I... And, uh, now, is this a classic government program or what? But uh, there are already there are already glitches. They they still haven't been able to find somebody to head up the state agency. Yeah, they've got an interim right now. After they, they had the first one resign, the uh, snafu there. And then I I know some people that kind of work in in the um, uh, in the industry where you, you get the vaping products and everything else. And uh, they were kind of telling me the 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 nightmare they're kind of going through right now with the it's it's legal you can buy things in the stores that are it's it's like less than 32 beer type hmm. type deal with the and the way things are labeled all of a sudden a shop will get shut down because they get something that's labeled and it's not labeled the way it should have been with the state and all of a sudden they're they're fined or something like that so hmm. and there's 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 internal turmoil going on. Then there's rogue vendors out there that are selling the good stuff, and they aren't supposed to. So anyway, it's going to be interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah, we had our little slice of it last year when we found out that they didn't uh, pass any prohibitions on where it could be used, which is why we ended up having to take it up locally here. And then that became a, well, 
I would say some folks in my race tried to turn it into an issue, but generally speaking, most people support the idea that you shouldn't be able to smoke in parks and Mm -hmm. actually St. Paul who are full-time counselors, um, mm-hmm. unlike Duluth, who are part-time, ended up copying our ordinance for the most part. So I See, think we did finally, some decent work. Duluth always used to get accused of what Minneapolis or St. Paul does. <laughs> Duluth will do it for finally. The reverse. That, that, that did happen. That's right. So uh, other big issues coming up. Now, during the campaign, certainly people are crabbing about the streets and everything else. Yep. And, of course, public safety. And, you know, Rainer uh, would appear that uh, those are a couple of things he's going to be uh, moving forward on. Absolutely. Yeah, We so at the end of last year in our budget, we gave our firefighters a market adjustment. So mm-hmm. we bumped them up from last place among all of the comparable jurisdictions in Minnesota to mm-hmm. somewhere around the average. So that was a positive and hopefully helps with the traction and retention. But, yeah, Roger and I are focused, I think, uh, very closely on the core priorities with the city. And some of that stuff is going to take – I think he's used a couple of metaphors. I would use the metaphor that uh, – you know, it's not a speedboat; it's an ore boat. As far as trying to turn some of those things mm-hmm. um, in the right direction, but these are systemic, long-term problems that we've talked about on this show before. And so, yep. um, you got to get to the root cause, and a lot mm-hmm. of the root cause, unfortunately, is money. And then that is what translates into economic development and trying to grow our our base for city services without having to tax folks to do those things. Well, there's the deal. You said tax. Now, the the local media talked about the budget came through, and you, it's claims. That you're raising taxes, but yet you're not. So what's the deal? How's that work? Yeah. yeah. Well, so we increased our levy. It. We increased our levy. Our levy. Uh-huh. That's right. So um, if there wasn't growth in different parts of our budget, then the property tax would have to pay the difference. Now, the unique part about our budget for 2024 was that the Minnesota legislature did invest quite a bit of their surplus into local government aid. And local government government aid makes up about 30% of our pie for all of the different expenses that we have at the city, which is bigger actually than the part of the pie for our property taxes. Mm -hmm. So that went up over $4 million, which is a significant increase. So somebody who has a house who did not have a reassessment this year um, actually saw a decrease in their city taxes. And obviously there are many folks who have had those reassessments, but Generally speaking, I think it's a $213,000 house. If you didn't get reassessed this year, your taxes went down just a little bit under $5 a month. So um, that's headed in the right direction, but also we can't bank on the state compensating for Mm. that long term, and that's why we have to grow our own part of the pie, and that comes through growing economic development. Well, and that's one of the things. Duluth has always gotten a black eye over, over the years, depending on where the leadership was is being not a a good place or a friendly place to do business. And what I'm hearing from you, and certainly what I heard from Roger, that's that's about to change. I think so. And part of that's perception is reality. We did some really good things the last couple of years on that um, front. You know, obviously we see the new owner of the paper mill uh, already Mm -hmm. selling, but to to a company from Italy that wants to invest and grow that facility. So... That's that's a success that I'd point to over the last couple of years, but just the conversations I've already had over the last month or two, specifically on the housing front, I think you're going to see some things pop here. And my goal is to make sure that uh, we're positioned for that and ready for it if it comes. But um, we still have work to do cleaning up our processes and you know the bureaucracy of City Hall and permitting and all of that, but that's Chad Ronchetti, our, our Director of Planning and Economic Development. I'd say that's his job. He needs to tell us what we need to fix, and um, I'm very confident in his ability to do the work. 
Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. Snowing out a little bit now, but I see obviously it. this uh, this year we haven't had nearly the amount of snow that we had a year ago. Boy, so you must be happy with that public saving works budget. Maybe yeah, a little budgeting there. <laughs> there are definitely some savings this year and quite a few less emails about uh, snow <laughs> removal than there was last. Last year was just so nuts. Um yeah. You know, well, the was, overtime had to kill you last year. Yeah, it was significant, and so mm-hmm. we do have savings this year. And you know, mm-hmm. knock on wood, they're not they're not spending money uh, in that savings bucket quite yet because it is Minnesota, but um, certainly moving in the right trajectory there. All right, three or four inches around here could see maybe a foot up the North Shore. Details in the weather forecast will be coming up at, uh, right after this break on KDAO. Got a winter weather advisory that'll be in effect for the uh, Twin Ports area from noon today until 6 p.m. tomorrow. Winter storm warning up for the north shore of Lake Superior from noon again until 6 p.m. on Thursday. Right now, light snow, 22 over the hill, 25 downtown, 24 in Superior. Eight fifty-three morning show here on uh, KDAO. Uh, coming soon, mints that taste like Miller Lite. The beer brand is planning to start selling beer mints this Friday. The mints are hailed as having the freshness of mint, but the great taste of Miller Lite. I don't know if you guys are beer drinkers or not, but well, hey, there there goes it. I'm not sure you. I'd uh, I'd like that. Here you are. Having a few beers, then you pop a bunch of mints, thinking that you're going to fool the police, <laughs> right. and you get picked up, and you go, "Hey, these taste smell like, like beer. beer. You smell like right. beer." Or yeah. you pop the mints, and you get picked up anyway, and you yeah. smell like beer, but you I, haven't been drinking beer. The yeah, is, they are alcohol-free, by the way. Oh, I hope so. Uh, they're being marketed for those taking part in what's called Dry January. That's okay, apparently the where people are abstaining from, or at least cutting back a bit on their alcohol for the month. Oh, sure. Uh, the mints will cost you five dollars. You get a tin of forty of them, wow. and they're available if you want to buy them at wow. MillerLightBeerMints.com. Yeah. Uh, for the person who has everything, I'm sure it's there. not April first instead gift. of January. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, they, they got to market. They got to market it uh, somehow. So there you go. And they're selling them the same week that the Girl Scout cookies start being marketed. Hey, this week, so. beer mints and Girl Scout oh, cookies. There you go. A lot of combinations. The Girl Scouts. Hey. <laughs> All right, guys, the final portion of the morning show here. All right, well. Neil Atkins, Eric Forsman. So I'm going to ask Eric a couple questions. All right. Here. Fire away. All right. So you ran for the state legislature a couple years Guilty. ago. Guilty. That's right. And you told me you're not going to do that again. I am certainly not doing that again. <laughs> and I, I see that our current, uh, one of our current reps, uh, Liz Olson, is not going to run again. And within... Minutes. <laughs> well, a day her, anyway. A yeah. day or two. Uh, your buddy Pete, who's a firefighter. Uh, Pete Johnson. Pete That's Johnson right. yep. announced that he's going to run. And his was a uh, choreographed announcement it, I, as I watch these things. So it, it seems as though he may have the blessing of one part of the Democratic Party. It'll be interesting where the dynamics are. I, you were telling me he's a pretty good guy? He's a good guy. He's a city firefighter. Um, I think he's focused on the right issues. And uh, he actually ran 10 years ago. So he ran for mm. the East Duluth seat when Jen Schultz uh, was elected. And um, there was a contested convention for the dfl endorsement process and you know he's more of a moderate so mm-hmm. um he didn't emerge from that but i think he'd do a great job and yeah we'll see if there's other challengers i think pete's a pretty moderate guy we could certainly see a, a further left candidate come out still but so far what i'm hearing and seeing is that he's he's off and running and got a head start well a lot of time and you know the the dust is just settling from the municipal elections but now we've got of course now on this ticket 
it's going to be national races, so there's going to be, probably be a huge voter turnout. I would imagine, in, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In Minnesota, all throughout the country. Yeah. Wh- whatever the dynamics are that happens on the, uh, whoever gets the spots on the national level. I know, yeah. That's what I told people. That we, you know, we, a lot of people were tired of the election after 2023, with our, especially with our contested mayoral election. I said, oh, you can breathe easy. Now we just have to worry about Biden versus Trump. There you go. <laughs> Or whoever, whoever, or whoever, maybe. Although, whoever, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Dean exactly. Phillips, who yeah. knows? Already, mm. you know, what's interesting is uh, uh, Phillips, who's, of course, one of the congressmen from the uh, Twin Cities suburban area down there. Uh, all of a sudden, some organization is complaining now and filed a complaint against his campaign. So the poor guy hasn't even really getting started in some progressive group, obviously, uh, is out on that. So it's going to be muddled and interesting. So good luck to uh, we'll get Pete on sometime Johnson on the Yeah, that'd be good. Things, mm-hmm. As things move along here and uh see now we don't have to have you sign any forms because you're not running. No, thank it. thank the Lord. This yeah. is the first year in 3 years that I'm not on the ballot. Wow. So and I, that is my pledge to all of you is you're not going to have to put up with any of my yard signs or anything this year, but uh <laughs> it's nice to just do the work. That's that's always what I've been about and but certainly those state legislative races have a uh, direct impact on our ability to do our work at the city and Liz Olson is the senior member of our delegation right now and is known as the, I would say, the workhorse of that delegation. So we've got big shoes to fill there, but I think Pete is the right type of guy to step in. Well, we'll see what happens on that. Mm-hmm. And we'll make sure we keep an eye on, on it. And, you know, you're lucky you're going to be doing city city business. And yeah. then, of course, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to probably have a meeting pretty soon now setting legislative priorities. Yep, I would think that's going to be at our next meeting or the one after. So mm-hmm. we're looking at which bonding projects we're going to be prioritizing to get state investment here. and then Is it a bonding um, year again this year? It's a year? bonding year again because they skipped one. <laughs> so oh, same really? we're it's doing back-to-back back now. It's a bonding well, year every year. I know. Right? When you have a surplus, maybe. <laughs> but uh, we, we'll see if that continues. And that's then good. it's supposed to be a policy year. So we'll mm. see what else the legislature's got cooking, but um, yeah, it'll be a short session, and I'm just excited to get to work on on our new council and our new mayor, and we'll see what comes. But I think it's going to be a great year. All right, well, Eric, we appreciate yeah, you being on board you. with us here. Thanks, we're, gentlemen. We're towards a uh, towards a wrap here. We'll get you on down the road. We'll see what kind of controversies uh, you ended up. Uh, somebody may stir up. There's in, always in the pot. something There's always coming something. up. Yeah, you know whether or not uh, or... we're gonna we're gonna boycott the uh, the Martian incursion that's coming in from what? up above. Didn't you know about that? I hadn't heard about well, that. Oh, my gosh. we got to get the city council uh, involved in that. Yes. There, you never know who they may beam up here. So. Tell us, Neil, who we got coming up on Friday before we wrap things up here. Mike Kaiser's going to be on board. He'll be in the studio, too. We'll be talking right. international relations, a bunch of stuff on Ukraine, mm-hmm. and Israel also. So that should be he's, good. He's the professor from out there in Maryland. He graduated from UMD here. And uh, he'll be talking, he teaches international relations out there. So you'll hear a little bit from Mike. All right. Thank you very much. It's a wrap here on this portion of the morning show. News on the way next from uh, CBS at 9 o'clock.